Construct with Clark and Alyssa. How's that second cup of tea treating you? I'm not going to sleep well tonight. <laughs> nope. Good thing it's a Friday. Yeah, we were recording on a Friday for the first time in a very long time, which means this is just going to be a party. Just a party of a podcast, everyone. It's the perfect time for us to talk about the Quidditch World Cup. Woo! Where, where like, there are shamrocks galore mm-hmm. in these chapters. There's shamrocks. lots of Irish things. Leprechauns. On a, on a deserted moor that's really not deserted, but it looks like it initially. That's it's pretty Irish. It's pretty Irish. It's about as Irish as the Harry Potter books get, I think. <laughs> so how much drinking did they leave out of these chapters? Did they really leave it out? I mean, they talked about drinking, but I can't help but wonder if there was like even more drinking than was mentioned. Well, what, what was it? Archie? The the dude in the nightgown. <laughs> that oh, dude was yeah. definitely like he 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 wanted some air in his nethers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I he didn't say that, but I like that more. So let's go with that. Did he, did he not? I feel like that feels like a direct quote to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was wind on his privates, which isn't nearly as fun. That's okay. Oh, man. Yeah, we uh, we just read two chapters. I'm glad we just did two chapters. It was I, I, I was I was really scared that there wasn't going to be enough to talk about. And then I got through the first chapter and I was like, nope, that was I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, it's I have dense. a lot of thoughts. The second chapter, not so much because Quidditch. But yeah. And those chapters, of course, that we're talking about are chapters seven and eight of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Um, should we get right into chapter seven? Yeah. All right. Chapter seven, Bagman and Crouch. Yes. In this chapter, the port key brings the entire group to a campground filled with wizards pretending to be muggles. Some of them not so well. The Weasleys pitch their tents, and Harry, Ron, and Hermione wander the campground and see a lot of people from all over the world. And it blows Harry's mind mm. that there are wizards and wishes from all over the world. Speaking other languages and, yeah, world building, man, world building. Usually by chapter six, we're building up the world of Hogwarts, but we don't care about Hogwarts yet. We've been there. We've done that for three other books. Yeah, we've already built that place out. Plus, it's probably already like lost a couple of wings and grown another two over the summer. So, mm-hmm. eh. you need that new hallway that you're not allowed to go in. <laughs> Which one's it gonna be? Which Clark? one's it gonna be? <laughs> hey, definitely don't go there. <laughs> definitely not by chapter twelve. <laughs> so, Bagman and Crouch kind of sound like lawyer names, and that's partly what I was expecting. But instead, it is two polar opposite type one, people. One lawyer. <laughs> feels like. Lawyerish guy, for sure. One very much not. Yeah. I'm, I want to find the dude in the in the nightgown, just because I want to remember. It's on the top left of 87. I don't know. Oh, 84. Sorry. Breeze around my privates, really. I totally thought it was Nethers. No, if only. <laughs> I, I do prefer Nethers. She needed an editor to get to Nethers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So we do find out that despite this being a huge wizard gathering, there is a muggle campground guy. 
Yeah, it's they're <laughs> actually in Muggle campgrounds and they're actually managed by Muggles. And it's just like, why does anyone think this is a good idea? Yeah. And they just have to keep wiping the guy's memory every time. It's it's like Men in Black where they, I think I mentioned this last episode, but it's like Men in Black where they have that coroner that they go to and they just wipe her memory every time. And it's like, isn't that going to give her like cancer or something? <laughs> she is going to die young, right? <laughs> yeah, there's no way. And that's how I felt about this this muggle guy because they've already got him like 10 times that day. I don't I don't get it. Like at a certain point, like wouldn't it be easier to just be like, "Hey man, there's some some magical stuff going on. There are a bunch of wizards and witches and like just like get him in on the premise and then if he tries to tell anyone, yeah, wipe his memory." Like if he goes to the phone or if he goes to write anything down, be like, no, 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 no. But in the meantime, just be like, look, man, you can freak out. And if you want, but you've already freaked out six times and we've wiped your memory. So we recommend you just kind of go with this. So here's the thing that solves an immediate problem Mm -hmm. of, you know, he's, he's, he's fine now. We don't need to obliviate him every hour or whatever. Mm hmm. But it doesn't like I. Th- I think memory spells, uh, like they go in degrees, and I think like how far back you can wipe hmm. matters. So then, at the end of the whole thing, if you're like letting him in on it, you're educating him. You probably have someone there who's like he's probably asking lots of questions. Like yeah. if I told you out of the blue, like okay, Clark, so you know, a bunch of wizards are going to descend on your house. You're going to be a boarding house for some wizards for the next weekend. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, mm-hmm. you think you're gonna have no questions? Like you're gonna you're gonna be curious. You're gonna try to figure out what the heck's going on. You're gonna learn more, and then they're gonna have to like pull days worth of memories, which is mm. probably like once you turn the dial up to days, you're you're digging deeper into some like some of those probably aren't gonna be like that's that's. That's your your back on your hard drive. That's I bad. Would agree. I'm trying to come up with your computer words for this. I forget which is the short term and no, the long term right. memory. It's RAM and ROM. It's well, digging into ROM. Yeah. Okay. Which I mean, you're right that that in a certain sense, nothing's really entirely erased from a hard drive. I mean, it can be for most part where it's like you can't really piece it together, but there's always remnants on an actual hard drive. Um, I. Th- I, I would love to agree with you, but I have watched Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And that ruins any canon of memory spells and what they can do. And yeah, I'm kind of ruined for that. It's like, no, they can just walk through the entire Quidditch campsite, make it rain, and erase a bunch of people's memories and repair everything after That's everything. That's totally true. Yeah. I, I a little bit forgot... First of all, that we that we saw that movie. I remember that I saw it. I forgot that we saw it together. <laughs> oh, I see where your priority was. Um, watching Eddie Redmayne, obviously. Well, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but but then that that prequel came after this, and so I'm not sure that that, te- that technology existed in J.K. Rowling's mind mm-hmm. when she wrote this either. No. At, at, at the end of the day... A breaker for sure. At the end of the day, they could have solved this problem a hundred different ways, but they chose this one, and that's fine. It they kind of added to the... The most labor-intensive way. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, they're so... so <laughs> Skipping a little bit ahead to mm-hmm. to Bagman and Crouch and like the comparison of the two of them and like Barty Crouch is over there like 
like has no energy and he's annoyed and everything's breaking and like everything needs fixing right and left and he's just putting out fires mm-hmm. and Ludo Bagman's like relax reclining in front of a campfire and enjoying a you know a warm cuppa and <laughs> yeah there's even like a scene where they directly he's like oh there's just not even any work for me to do and then it's like a group of wizards went by him that look exhausted and it's like uh well like you're completely unaware of <laughs> how, how chaotic this is but like yeah there's some serious inefficiencies in how this is working and yeah. so they've created a lot of problems and i wonder how much of that has to do with ludo bagman's carelessness and like <laughs> just like wispy unawareness yeah like yeah just throw more people at it and, That'll and fix like it. i don't know people we're we're the ministry of Mag- magic we got this meanwhile i'm gonna relive my glory days in my wasp uniform mm-hmm. which when i was a child i definitely like pictured him in a legit like wasp uniform like he looked like oh, a wasp white anglo-saxon presbyterian <laughs> is that is that what you mean like no, he was wearing like a Clark, bow tie and a beekeeper a wasp <laughs> Hey, wasps aren't bees. Don't drag those into it. Hey, hey, bee man. Hey, they're not bees either. <laughs> wasps are wasps. Ugh, stupid wasps. I hate wasps. But like, that's legitimately what I pictured as a child. Like, oh, that's I don't hilarious. know how I got there. <laughs> but he like had a stinger and everything, and like a giant like padded backside and. <laughs> I'm was... reinterpreting this entire two chapters with a man in a giant wasp costume. Third, how old was I? <laughs> I think I was 11 when this came out. 11-year-old Alyssa. Close reading. Real, uh, real good. <laughs> man, that really steps it up a notch. That's great. <laughs> even even the Owen Wilsons of the world can't get, can't get fixed in Harry Potter land. Like, you can tell if a nose is broken. You can regrow an entire arm bone, but you can see if a nose has been broken, which I found interesting when they were describing his character. It's like, oh, his nose had clearly been broken, and I'm like, but magic. Anyway, I... I, it's... I, I, wonder, I wonder if magic has progressed, and, like, it, it's sort of like... Like, now we have better medical care than we did when my dad was a kid, and so, like, yeah. the way they set his arm then is very different from how you would set a kid's arm now and so many people must have died in the first like 300 years of quidditch (laughs) well and like in order to fix it now yeah they'd probably have to re-break it and ludo begman doesn't seem like a dude who wants to go through lots of pain no 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 no. (laughs) so maybe maybe and and or maybe he likes the scars because he likes wearing on his face plainly I was a pro Quidditch player. That's true. He's like, no, no, don't fix it. Don't fix it. This is my glory. Could be. It was, man, so many characters, so many, uh, so much contrasting stuff, so much world building. Uh, But I do just want to talk about how, but everybody was on like a level playing field. Like in, in the same sense that like nobody had really been to the World Cup quite like this. Had they? Maybe they had gone to the World Cup before. Nobody. When sorry, you say nobody. Uh, I'm sorry. Nobody of the immediate characters, none of the Weasleys, right? I don't I don't think so. I mean the, the Weasleys got these tickets as gifts from Ludo Bagman. Yeah. But I don't think they'd gone before. I don't think that they could have afforded to go before. No. I mean, it doesn't seem overwhelmingly expensive, like for but for the wide array of people. Yeah, that we see yeah. at this like i mean seamus doesn't strike me as someone who's 
well off. Like his, he's from a, a mixed family, so he only has one parent who's bringing home wizard gold. I'm watching you real close to make sure you don't say any words. <laughs> what? Like what words? <laughs> nope. 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 I'll have to pull out those sound files for censoring again. Uh, <laughs> they're somewhere back there in uh, season two. Because I'm so I'm, I'm so offensive. Um, yeah. So I I don't think the Weasleys would be able to go ever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Especially because I think the Weasleys. I think that they're such sharers and they're such a like a tightly knit family even though they drive them they drive each other crazy they would all go where no one would go yeah Yeah. it's i mean molly doesn't go because she doesn't care yeah or maybe because she needs a break which is weird i kind of missed having her around yeah i don't i i guess i didn't really piece together why she didn't go yeah she doesn't have a job she's a housewife Uh um Maybe she's I, there and they just didn't mention it, but I don't think so. I don't think she's there because I think the tent for the girls is the tent for the girls. Oh, okay. I I think she, I, I wonder if she doesn't go because she needs a break from the twins. <laughs> I mean, how often do you think she ever gets the house to herself? Or That's probably the best gift you could possibly give her. Does she not go so she can read the twins' room? <laughs> probably both. <laughs> I think for her, a better vacation would just be breathing room, I think. I mean, because, yeah, she gets some breathing room when school starts, but even then she's still <laughs> getting letters from people all the time. Sending howlers. Yeah. But I bring that up to mention that um, the Weasleys have never done this before, and conveniently, Harry's never done this before. He's never gone camping. He's definitely never gone camping with a group of friends. Man, I I grew up going camping with friends and just realizing like how special it was to me and how many good memories I have from that time. Like so something that struck me about that Mm. was that i mean yeah it it was a little heart-wrenching that harry's never been camping because i love camping so much but two things about that one um harry has lived in scarcity Mm -hmm. for most of his life and often people who live in scarcity don't appreciate camping because it's retreating to scarcity yeah it, um, it's not quite as like it's rustic hospitality it's yeah. more just like oh yeah this is just kind of like i'm living without all these things that i always live without um yeah granted it's it's different for harry where he's he's a, a marginalized person in a in an opulent home mm-hmm. um it's not the same as like people living below the par- poverty line not appreciating camping yeah um it's not people who s- have to sleep in their car having to sleep in their car for yeah. camping <laughs> so but that that occurred to me where i was like oh sad harry's never been camping but then there was a tiny part of me that was like oh but harry's kind of been camping for his whole life <laughs> like not out in the woods necessarily but like i could see that like this isn't necessarily something glossy and wonderful although there's we don't get that attitude from him because there's a difference too between camping with your family and camping with friends because yeah (laughs) you can stay up really late for one lots of beer with your friends (laughs) lots of beer with your friends (laughs) lots more like let's jump over the fire and just all that stuff um actually howling at the moon (laughs) right or or being a moon nymph what was your word (laughs) meadow nymph (laughs) oh boy uh, it was great. Everyone was excited. Mr. Weasley got to meet all his friends. 
and like really name drop everyone and then percy oh that was my that was gonna be my favorite quote that's what it was anyway sorry it doesn't to uh, mr weasley didn't really feel like name dropping to me it felt almost like like joyfully sharing his acquaintances and and that's how they wrote it in the book where it's like it's more for harry than anybody else well but it wasn't yeah you're right it wasn't bragging but it it was it, it felt like inviting harry into this part of his life yeah and, and yeah. i thought that was really lovely it i was, was just sweet. like I, he's so excited to share this world, and oh my gosh, I'm I'm just like ev- with every page loving Mr. Weasley more and more because his enthusiasm for real Muggle camping was just so cute. <laughs> it was oh, like just him with the matches, yeah. and and like no like. Yes, we could start it with our wands, but that's not how muggles do it. <laughs> and he said it kind of sternly, but with this like little twinkle in his eye about like, we get to do a real muggle thing. I can't wait. Maybe that's why Mrs. Weasley isn't there. Yeah, I she... think there's so many reasons why she's not there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this chapter did make me really ponder. I mean, if magic, if you just turned off the magic tap, muggles could not function. Wizards? Yes. Wizards could just <laughs> not function. It's they, I mean they it's, don't it's abysmal. It's mm-hmm. really sad how how attached they are to every little every little thing is magic. It's just it's like, okay. All every right. little thing they do is magic. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. High five. Oh that was perfect. <sighs> Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Mic drop? <laughs> Quit while we're how do, ahead. How do I get this out of the stand so I can bur- drop it? Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> there's a lot of spending of money in these chapters, and it's kind of like... Uh, Usually in chapter six, we see people spending their money on the Hogwarts Express, getting candies. At Diagon Alley. At Diagon Alley. books and pets and tonics for sick pets. Yep. So we're right on board with the the first 10 chapters spending money at a place. Uh, And this time the menagerie was was, next level. I mean, they could have dropped some serious money if they wanted to. I mean, Harry did. Oh, yeah. He dropped 30 galleons. Which is not insignificant, and I'm really I'm curious if those omnioculars mm-hmm. are valuable beyond this. Like, is that a thing? Did they acquire it, and it's gonna be useful ever again? Uh, well, okay, okay. I mean, I could see how it could be. I mean, for will we ever see them again? <laughs> for anything other than somewhere in book six. Harry packing up his case and remembering that one yeah. time that he went to the Quidditch World Cup where X happened. I mean, the fact that you're asking that makes me believe that maybe we don't see these later in the books, but they could be a useful plot device. It could be totally useful. I mean, really, you could you could have something where it's like, you know, he didn't look through it, but then you could slow it down and he saw something. It's. I mean, that's an incredibly powerful tool and it can like transcribe things and like work out what the play was like that is that is some really smart 
play by play. There's a person doing that and broadcasting it to all of them. There's no way there's that kind of yeah. There's not that kind I of mean, computing power on it. It's so fast. It's somebody watching and just whoever's watching it. has to like. I don't know. No, but they only show those plays on the slowed down version or on the replay version. And they actually did. I was so thankful they addressed the continuity problems that would come with that, where Harry missed a play because he was watching it slowed down. And And, I'm like, and Hermione's like, dude, if you're going to watch it slow mo, you're going to miss the play when it happens. Like, don't, don't do that don't talk and complain about things if you're watching on slow-mo that made me so happy (laughs) i I seriously thought they weren't going to address that the whole time and it was just going to be like somehow magically you could watch it slow you could watch it fast you could replay stuff and for some reason you're just always current and i'm like no that makes zero sense and and luckily they're like no that makes no sense and i'm like thank you having instant replay at your own ability Mm mm-hmm like, th- there aren't enough timeouts. There's no stopping the clock no. in Quidditch. Like, there's, no. like, man, each person in that stadium is experiencing a different Quidditch match at the end of the day, which is kind of impressive. That's that's cool. And I honestly think that whoever that is that decides what's worth a replay on most games, like football and basketball and stuff that I watch, they're the ones who should be making that decision. (laughs) And they're usually right. They're like, no, 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 this is what you need to see because you're not quite sure what happened. But like, if everyone could just replay whatever they, I I feel like people are really bad at making those types of decisions. So I'm all that to say, I'm kind of glad with what we have, even though those glasses sound really cool. Uh, Mm. But yeah, what a, what a powerful plot device if they used it. Um, I don't know. And then there's a whole bunch of other flashy stuff. Uh, I just, I huh? I really loved looking at like Ron and then Harry and, the Her- and then Hermione all by these su- souvenirs. <laughs> and they're all so perfectly <laughs> catered to each person. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Ron with his fierce loyalty, with his like shamrock hat and his rosette. But he still like has this like Quidditch crush on mm-hmm. Victor Crumb. And so he has a tiny Victor Crumb. Like... That's weird implications. I figured they'd have trading cards, but they just have little... Action figure, like, dude. I don't know. Would you be comfortable if someone could could own your likeness in tiny form and just kind of look at you as you wander back and forth across their palms? I mean, at what point is that just kind of weird? I think I think this is the wizarding equivalent of an action figure. I guess, yeah. It's like if, if I were Mark Hamill and there were how many Luke Skywalker action figures out in the world? Like, but like if they that's, could, that's him. That's him. It's Luke, but it's him. But like, can you change his outfit? Can you can you strip him down to his wizard underwear? I mean, I yeah, that's uncomfortable. There's some weird implications to this. I, think, I don't like uh, it. Action figures. I don't think you generally can. That's like, true. I, don't, I think they quasi protect the the. The... privacy of the actor hmm. i don't know it's weird it's it's a gray area but i wonder if they'd make it so like your hair was always just so and you never had acne on your little action figure probably probably it's an idealized version and uh so i wonder please... if you could get a like broken bloody nose crumb after oh, this oh, oh, oh. <laughs> i bet that's like i bet i bet for 2.99 you could <laughs> <laughs> There's so, no way that's not down like downloadable content. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an, an enhancement to yeah. that. 
that's uh, a, that's, that's an add on. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and then Harry buys these these fancy goggles for for Ron and Hermione. So he like shells out the dough and which and was is nice. very very like magnanimous and gives it to his friends. And then Hermione is like, ooh, programs, and I'm just like. <laughs> Get it, girl. That's that's right. They sounded like nice programs, though. Oh yeah, like they were velvet, velvet, and yeah, that tasseled, sounds... and they knew how to make things back then. <laughs> and when was this? The the wizard equivalent of like some. I don't He's know. fourteen, so nineteen ninety four. Man, they really knew. <laughs> that's really the golden age for a lot of things. Windbreakers, man, they could make windbreakers. Shoulder pads. <laughs> windbreakers were so flammable back then. You ever burn a hole in a windbreaker? Lord knows I did. Especially didn't have out- a windbreaker at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good stuff. Uh, what is a rosette? Um, it's 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 a it's a very British thing. Um, you like. Uh, also, why are they going for Ireland? They're not in Ireland, are they? They're not in Ireland. I'm so confused. But, um, I thought Hogwarts was in Scotland and they lived in the UK. Because. Or in Britain. Um, because. I mean, it's it's UK. It, it's it's a part of theirs. I mean, it's. Oh, that's a ribbon. It's nearby. Yeah. It's. Oh. It's it's just a it's a nice ribbon. It's a, it's a ribbon pin. <laughs> it's it's. Didn't we have one of those for like a presidential candidate? Um, oh, what was that? And they had little rosettes, and it had his nickname. It wasn't Tricky Dick. That's Nixon. Um, anyway, don't worry about it. It was it. It they're big for campaigns. They're big. I think uh, suffragettes used them. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. They're they're good for like rallying around an issue. Everybody wears a rosette. It's sort of like uh. The analog like pink ribbons for breast cancer, yeah, and, like, for sure, or the yellow ribbons for they're like much ritzier, like much better <laughs> structured because a pink ribbon for breast cancer is just a ribbon that you've looped and pinned. Yeah, so cool. So they're I think they're pretty cheap. Like the hat and the rose, the hat was probably the most, other than the tiny crumb. Like yeah, the, the tiny hat crumb was, was probably, probably the most expensive more expensive and the rosette and he's saying her thinking like I, I budgeted for this but oh my gosh that tiny crumb i want that <laughs> Dude, the hat the hat like spawned shamrocks right yeah it was like festive and irish and so yeah i think they were going for, for the irish because as a whole the team was more solid hmm. like these are quidditch players mm-hmm. yeah, all the weasleys and harry are quidditch players and harry of course is obsessed with crumb because he's a seeker and clearly the irish seeker because is like I don't know, missing a few matches from his book or something. Yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> it's and so he's watching Crumb and Ron's watching Crumb because he's spectacular. But like the Bulgarian team as a whole doesn't seem that stellar. Like no. they're riding on the shoulders of Crumb, which is why in the next chapter things end the way that they end. But. Which feels like not good. Anyway, yeah, this was really fun. Uh we do see a little bit of plot progression um they bring up bertha jorkins which it's starting to drive me a little bit crazy percy was right that that oh yeah that that ludo, ludo bagman just thinks that she's batty and forgetful and she'll and turn up no worries care. yeah 
like Percy is totally right that like, hey, somebody should really be paying attention to this. And he is just completely dropping the ball. I guess that was Percy's boss who was saying that though, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. N- I, I think Mr. Weasley, Mr. Weasley presses Ludo. Oh, okay. He's like, so have we heard anything about oh, her? Oh, I'm talking like when we initially heard about Ludo when when Percy was talking about him in previous chapters. Oh yeah, and he was saying Mr. Crouch would have like hunted her down himself yeah, at this point. Yeah. Like And it's true. I like Mr. Crouch, by the way, for the record. He's he's fascinating. Um He's gonna he's he's an interesting character to see. It's it's good to see them contrasted, these mm-hmm. two as well. Of like the very buttoned down. I loved that observation that of all of the people, mm-hmm. he would have passed for a muggle. Like and a bank manager, even. Like, yeah. not even Bill could pass for a bank manager, and yeah. he works for a bank. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Or Hermione, you know, or, or, or any of those. Yeah, it was nice. Um, I think Crouch, is that his name? I think this is the most <laughs> elaborate Voldemort costume we've seen yet. <laughs> I think he's is that really. Who you think he is? Oh man, he's putting on all the. Do you honestly think Voldemort would masquerade as someone who is that good at impersonating a Muggle? No. Someone with that much contempt for a Muggle? No. no Why not no, Ludo no. Bagman? <laughs> if he's Voldemort, if he's Voldemort, I will buy you a something. Or, I will buy or, you an action figure of a Quidditch player. Or or Archie with his nightgown nethers. <laughs> Nightgown Nethers. Hmm. Sounds like a Carly Rae Jepsen album. So so the Bertha Jorkins thing, though, mm-hmm. like, uh, th- we get an answer to, are they searching for her? No. No. But the thing that's dra- starting to bother me, because now it's come up twice since Harry's dream, is we're, we're making note of it, and Harry's not remembering anything. There's no interaction. There's nothing. Yeah. Yep. Harry's not wondering anything about it. There's no like nothing. Nope. And that to me is really frustrating as a as a reader of Harry's usually He's he is listening closely enough to pick up on this and mm-hmm. he's not intellectually interacting with it at all. And usually he can't keep his nose out of stuff if he exactly he like this is a mystery just waiting to be solved and there are no adults around solving it and so clearly harry potter's needed like i don't he's getting soft i don't it's it's very it's a very strange writing choice yeah so far harry has been one of the least consequential characters in this book (laughs) I mean, Mr. Weasley has essentially been the main character. He's, he's, for the first... he's my hero so far. <laughs> yeah, which I think is fine. I, we, we get more than enough Harry Potter where it's like, nope, Mr. Weasley has been actually doing most of the important plot development stuff. Mr. Weasley things. and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not bad. Uh, but I, I think that's a good enough general overview of Chapter 7. Uh did yeah, you, that did, was all the parts that I really wanted to touch on. Yeah, what was your favorite quote for Chapter 7 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? Um, and it is right as they are, they, they've arrived on the moor and the kilted, ponchoed wizard has pointed them in the right direction. He's like, go a quarter of, the mi- quarter of a mile that way and you'll run into your campsite. Mm-hmm. And then we get this scene setting bit. After about 20 minutes, a small stone cottage next to a gate swam into view. Beyond it, Harry could see could just make out 
the ghostly shapes of hundreds and hundreds of tents mm. rising up the gentle slope of a large field toward a dark wood on the horizon. Mm. And it's just not like uh, yet another just like this feels so so scottish really and yeah. they're they're probably somewhere in scotland or or maybe in wales but it just it feels so quintessentially british of mm. mystical and mysterious and and it it's sort of i like the 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 almost like whisper of Hmm. of what this chapter is going to bring so much excitement and liveliness but right now it's just faint images of what's to come and i love it hmm. confession time i hated it no 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 <laughs> i completely missed the rest of that sentence because i as i was reading i'm like quarter mile 20 minutes later oh i totally the th- had the same that thought. sentence i'm like 20 minutes to walk a quarter mile it did that did not make sense to me either yeah i wondered i mean uh, i mean they're carrying stuff it is eventually rising and so how much of a hill is it it's a quarter mile Alyssa. that's a single lap around a high school track but it but in a (laughs) but in a more like maybe maybe it's not a well well like is it is it i don't know i i was with you there too i was like why what the heck is taking them so long yeah but it's okay I didn't care because I got to the ghostly shapes sloping uphill to the dark wood in the background. So it was fine. Get it. What's your favorite quote, That's Clark? Probably, it's probably on page 91 somewhere. Yeah, mine is on page 91 uh, where I don't think Mr. Crutch was trying to be funny, but it was kind of funny. Uh, the visual where they're talking about carpets and how carpets are. Oh, good. I forgot to talk about this and I wanted to. Go on. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> someone's really fighting for carpets, but they're it's getting caught up in paperwork. And then it's like, are they going to replace brooms? And there's all this talk. And then uh, uh, Crouch is talking. He's like, Ali thinks there's a niche in the market for a family vehicle, said Mr. Crouch. I remember my grandfather had an axe minster that could seat 12. But that was before carpets were banned, of course. And I'm just picturing like the utter chaos of having 12 people on a giant flying carpet that what a terrible it was it's like families with 14 person vans they exist and they're crazy and it's what a terrible (laughs) world that would be and especially like it's a flying carpet there's no such thing as a cup holder on a flying carpet there's no such thing as a windshield on a flying carpet. well okay there's magic and stuff it's magic so yeah i wonder like are there cup holders (laughs) But either way, you can't even put your legs like it's. See, the trouble is uh-huh. that you know everything has like this, this like rust around it in the mm. Wizarding world. So it wouldn't be a cup holder; it'd mm. be a goblet holder. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like you see those shops that sell beer, and it's like the 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 beer like comes a with flagon, a wooden stand, a flagon holder. Yeah, and it's just like wow, a cask holder. <laughs> anyway, it just it like of all the things. And like Hagrid would need that twelve person. <laughs> it's just that terrible. twelve person magic carpet all for himself. I uh, loved the notion of a family vehicle though. Uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. I loved everything about that. And I was I, I completely forgot that I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. And that like, okay, so what what are our ways to get around the wizarding wizarding world? We have fluing, we mm-hmm. have flying uh, yeah. on ma- on brooms. Apparating. Apparating. 
passport keys and now we know that flying carpets are real (laughs) but they're banned in the uk because they're probably a nightmare to figure out how to mask because look at how the flying car worked not well yeah and just the idea that a flying rug the whole thing is like uh, it looks like a measly little rug, like, and then what it turns if the out weather's to be terrible? Like, there's a reason you have flying carpets in mm. the desert where it doesn't rain. Yep. <laughs> like... Yep. And the only thing that gets on it is sand, and it just shakes that off. Yeah. Anyway, oh, that was yeah, hilarious. Think of the water damage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad you liked that. Uh... I'm glad it was your favorite quote. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. That's so funny. I couldn't tell if he was joking or not. Um, about fl- about just the existence of flying carpets? No, the whole family thing. Like, I knew he was seriously sharing a memory, but, like, I can't help but wonder if he had a little bit of, I don't know, it felt a he, little He doesn't shake. strike me as a joker at all. I, I think know. that was very serious. That almost made it funnier, though. I think there's some contempt because Barty Crouch strikes me as someone who, like, he... Uh, a very reasonable man who wants a family with 2.5 kids. And when you have 2.5 kids, you don't need a magic carpet. You need Mm -hmm. like, you know, to make proper port key appointments and to be connected to the flute network. Like it doesn't take long for 2.5 people to to flu. It takes forever for 12 people to flu. So it's probably at the end of the day about, you know, population control. Yeah. Yep. Gosh. <sighs> oh man. Catholics. Um also real quick, I don't actually want to get into it. I'm just 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 so they're acknowledged. There's a 2-year-old with a wand, okay? There's a 2-year-old with a wand and that is terrifying. Again, it brings me back to the Incredibles where a little Jack Jack is just destroying everything. Incredibles 2. And I'm uh, excited. I'm so excited for Incredibles 2. Like like I'm going to see that in theaters, 100%. It's it's such a good movie. Um, it's been so long since I've seen The Incredibles. I need to change that. I also feel really bad for slugs in, in the Harry Potter universe. They really get the short end. I feel bad for all cre- all creatures that are not wizards, yeah. including muggles. Like Seriously. There's such contempt and lack of respect for all other creatures, mm-hmm. except for maybe owls. Like Slugs are really important, and I've owls killed my fair Owls are pretty share. well respected. Yeah, owls are cool pets really uh unicorns unicorns are pretty well respected yeah everything after that Mm, centaurs are just kind of blown off because they're annoying anyway centaurs are it's like that's a war of contempt like there's contempt on both sides so eh. (laughs) (laughs) agree to disagree All right, chapter eight, the Quidditch World Cup. Your favorite chapter, Clark. Oh, man. <laughs> I tell you. <ya. laughs> okay. What happened? Um, the Weasleys have awesome seats for the Quidditch World Cup. Mm-hmm. I don't care about sports, and even I know that these seats are really awesome. Yeah. And Harry meets a new house elf, and the boys go gaga over the villa. <laughs> and the game is incredibly short and ends with a daring plunge by Crumb. Yay. Yay, Quidditch. This is such a terrible sport. <laughs> this is such a bad sport. And the fact that, okay. Mm, it make take... your case. Points. Okay. Quidditch is already a very... Um, Quidditch itself is 
okay, the whole idea of you score and 10 points and you catch this thing and the game's over when you catch this thing, uh, the lack of time limits and timeouts and really unclear fouling rules and the fact that the mascots can fight while the game is oh, yeah. going on. Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> so, so the game itself structurally could use some improving. It could use time limits. It could use some some more rules about what can and can't happen and a time limit. Uh, but the whole Quidditch as an organization is a total. Uh, what's the family safe for? Uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's uh, it's really messy. It's a cluster. It's a cluster. Yes, um, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, like yes. you said, there are mascots. There's a serious game going on where people are flying very fast on brooms, and they could die. I don't care what kind of magic there is. People could very easily die going that fast. And there's and then, no like protection of the crowd. No. So like if if you're not paying attention on your broom and you don't turn away fast enough, like you could grow go like hurtling into the stands. Oh yeah, or if you get hit by a ball or something, like you could easily it's dangerous, it's it's real bad. And then to toss in the fact that like, yep, bring your magical creatures. Let them fight. Let them throw fireballs. I I can't believe it. I can't believe it. If I was a referee in that game, I'd be like, I am not setting foot in another Quidditch game until this never happens again. Like I, I would have left this sport so long ago. <laughs> it's terrible. So, something that that really it never really bothered me before, but it did this time was mm-hmm. the Vila. The Vila. Wait. Okay. Like specifically the fact that they can like hypnotize you and affect your behavior. Yeah, I mean, I I like I understood the like problems with it before, but the thing that bothered me this time mm-hmm. was uh, on top of all of the other issues with these creatures, it should like they should be barred from the field because if I am on the team, like that is that is like you have 20 other competitors on this. Yep. Like yep. the opponents aren't used to this. And so the Irish aren't used to this and they could be totally disarmed, but like that's, that's meddling. I feel like, yeah, this is, this is the deflate gate of, of Quidditch. They're, it feels like they're really interfering, especially when they start throwing fireballs. If you think that that's not interrupting the flow of the game, you'd be so wrong, especially if they're also hypnotizing the referees and stuff. Yeah. That too. Also, one referee. One referee. Which one referee? <sighs> this game is for terrible. the world. This game Cup. is so bad. How is there only one referee? I just don't get how people can accept this as like. Is it is half the fun the fact that it's just chaos? chaos? <laughs> is that part of the deal? And then like, and and it's just who can embrace the chaos best? Is that what I'm missing here? Or do they actually take this seriously? And they're like, nope, this was fairly judged. This is a level playing field. Because, like, pick one or the other. Either who can survive best in chaos or who can who can best work within the constraints of the rules. Like, you can't really... One is clearly going to win. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. Anyway, okay. Anyway. So I have a thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much text has happened that actually backs this thought up yet. Okay. But I'm going to say it anyway. Sure. 
because I've been thinking about it a lot for these chapters about the structure of, of the wizard government and the structure of, of the British wizarding world and like, what is it really? And like, we, we meet a bunch of people in the previous chapter and like, we hear some of their professions and some of like, there, there's a whole like legion of people who work in the department of mysteries oh, who are yeah. unspeakables. And they- it's like, Mr. Weasley can't even tell you what they do. And like, who knows what the heck they get up to and like uh, they have a lot of three letter organizations well they have a they have yeah. a lot of organizations and i just i don't there's not a ton of government oversight like the the we've seen the daily profit it's not a great watchdog no. and like there's just a lot of issues with the the structure of this world as far as like you know making holding organizations in power accountable and mm-hmm. so i wonder if that's the world you grow up in maybe you're not so concerned about or like maybe you're not used to challenging people in power who make the calls and whether they're you know they are being held accountable like maybe there's a little bit of a blind following and maybe that's why only one referee is okay because that's just another ripple out of this hmm. messed yeah. up structure of government yeah. that might be too deep and there might not be enough text yet to to say that for you but wasn't expecting this on a on a chapter that had nothing happen (laughs) no things happen but um a few things not a lot um but yeah it just uh, maybe that's why maybe there's just this like Hmm. beat in like there's a lot of emphasis put on like getting things done quickly in Hmm. this government and not necessarily getting things done Barely. I mean, what you're talking about kind of reminds me of like there's a Chinese saying in China, which is roughly equivalent to because China and and people like once once you spend time in China, having never done this, I've just read about this of people sharing their stories and stuff. But you'll be driving down the street and you'll see someone on like a tiny motorbike and on the back of that motorbike is a ladder and on that ladder is like 10 goats and a bucket of paint. <laughs> and you look at that and, and and it's veering around a giant pothole in the road and going up over a ramp and, and you're just like, well, because China. Because that's just what it is to live in a city with this many people and this kind of infrastructure. Like you just kind of have to accept that everyone's getting – everyone's getting a little nuts and everyone's getting a little creative and they're solving their problem however they can with the resources they have because China. And uh, that's kind of what that reminds me of. Uh... (laughs) There is, is, I found something, I I Googled because China and the first thing that popped up was Reddit. So (laughs) yeah, it's probably not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised that that because China. Yeah. Anyway, this stadium is massive, 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 massive. Uh, I thought that there's no way that we have stadiums that seat a hundred thousand. I was mm-hmm. trying, I was like trying to fathom this, and like we're we're from Billings, Montana. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw! Howdy, howdy. The population of our city is only a couple thousand more than that, and so mm-hmm. I was trying to picture <laughs> the entirety of Billings crammed into. A stadium. Ugh, it smells so much like ranch dressing and chewing, <laughs> chewing tobacco. And a little bit of leather. <laughs> but um, I was trying to picture that, and I was thinking, "There's no way." And then I, I did, you know, ask the internet, you know, what are what are, what's the largest capacity Olympic stadium? Because mm-hmm. Olympic stadiums are huge. Yeah, that's what I had in my head. Um, 
most recent Olympic stadium was comparable to this. <laughs> um, but then I, I Googled the latest World Cup because that's, I think, what the analog, what, yeah. the, what the Muggle analog for this is, is the the football World Cup 2017 in Moscow was uh, 81,000 people. That's a lot. So people. even even the like Muggle equivalent of this is short of what the Quidditch World Cup stadium is. So that kind of puts into context more of like, they got some of the best seats in the house out of a hundred thousand people. Like Mr. Weasley, that is quite the connection you have there, Mr. Weasley. Twenty-five thousand. Twenty-five thousand. Washington oh, Grizzly Stadium. Not even close. Not even close. But they got really, really those. good seats, and they shared those seats with the what are those guys called? Oh, the pale people. Uh, Eric Trump. <laughs> And the elf guy, who are these people? What's their last name? Malfoy. There we go. I couldn't tell if you were you were uh, trying. I was working on it. To come the, up with something else. No, I couldn't think yeah. of the other Trump names. So the Malfoys like like save twenty five thousand babies or something like that <laughs> in order to get these tickets. And Mr. <laughs> Weasley is just a good guy and ends up with tickets for his entire family. Well, how about that? So that's mm. that's sort of nice. By the way, uh, the mom's name is like literally Narcissa. <laughs> and I I love the description of her, which is like, she would be pretty if she didn't look like she was forever smelling something nasty. <laughs> Not going to say I haven't met people like that. Yeah. Uh, like it's 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 that old saying of like, you know, be careful. Your face might stick like that when mm-hmm. it's like her face maybe did. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. And they're... Uh, I mean, her name being Narcissa, it just adds to the fact these are the least interesting villains ever. Like, and they have been these entire books. Like, they're just bad because they're bad because they're bad. Oh, and they're racist. Oh, and they're sexist. Oh, and they're pure, uh, you know. it. They're just, there is no depth to these characters whatsoever. They're just bad. They're bad. <laughs> so... Barty Crouch, he has a house elf that apparently are just totally thrive. They totally just get off on being miserable and bossed around and scared. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting. I, it was a little uncomfortable to read, to read some of what Winky had to say. Yeah. It's a weird world. I mean, they've accepted they are servants. They do stuff when it scares them like they they seem like literally victims they seem like uh what's the word when you fall in love with your captor stockholm syndrome like it's it's creepy it's uh, it makes me really look down on anyone who owns one winky some of what winky had to say felt like what white people believed their slaves in America thought hmm. that like they're happy they're taken care of they like serving us mm-hmm. like the the way that she described how her work makes her happy was like this is the lie that the slaveholder tells themselves mm-hmm. it's not the lie the slave believes <laughs> like I don't I don't for a minute believe that that slaves actually mm-hmm. like the way that like she has such conviction And I guess I don't know if like, I mean, Harry's clearly a kid. 
Mm-hmm. And he's clearly, I, I think it's pretty clear that he's a friend to Dobby. Like he, the, he's, he's on his, his side. Well-being. Yeah, yeah. And so I think if I were Winky, and I were genuinely like, if there was something in the back of my mind about like I'm trapped and like I need hmm. a way out, like I think I would see Harry as like. Like, you're maybe someone. You're someone I could latch on to. Especially because he released Dobby and she knows that. Yeah. So, like... So, if she wanted if in If she on wanted that, an out, that, yeah. was a, that was her opportunity. And, nope, she didn't. And instead, she vehemently... So, like, I, I mean, I would get it if she were concerned that, like, Harry, Harry doesn't, like... I don't think that he actually is on the side of the house elf. And I need to, like, say the lines and convince everyone around me that, like, I'm on board... And like it didn't seem like brainwashed. It didn't seem like um, like in a trance or mm-hmm. like like hypnotized. It was like she's all in. She's she's got conviction for this. Mm-hmm. She thinks that Dobby's in the wrong. Yeah. And that to me, it just it 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 was uncomfortable, and it was it felt a little tone deaf. Like I I have a really hard time believing that anyone hmm. is that that far gone into like embracing enslavement. Okay. I wondered if that's what you were getting at where it's like, it's not, it's not that the house self is small minded. It's that perhaps the author was a little small minded, (laughs) which kind of, I mean, this was the nineties in the UK and I have no idea what that looks like in terms of racial relations. I I don't know. Yeah, and I I wonder how much of this like I I don't know what the discussion in the UK is towards slave slavery versus the US. Like it's yeah. I mean, and we're deep in the heart of the West where we've we've got the double whammy of <laughs> slavery and genocide. Yeah. So it, it's I mean I'm I'm painfully aware of that these days. Um, but. So I don't know if if I just if the American perspective is different from the British. Yeah, or it was weird though. It did make me uncomfortable. It also, or if it's overly simplified because of the fact that it's YA. It started off feeling racist right from the get go. Where he's like Dobby, and she's like, "No, I'm not Dobby." But I know Dobby, and I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, that's bad. Oh, yeah, nope. All house elves just no other house elves, I guess. Yeah. And all their spare time, <laughs> they just all know each other. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, it it does it does not pass any of the tests. Any um, of them, it's. She may even be a female because her voice is higher. And then uh, I feel like if this were to be a passage in like a modern book, they'd be like, oh, so he's just going to prescribe it pronouns because it has a higher voice. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, 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 do- <laughs> it did not fly for me. Like, uh... I'm, I'm interested in Winky. I'm interested in Dobby. She, she delivers information on Dobby. And I like that. Are these not all Teletubby names, by the way? <laughs> Winky's got to be a Teletubby, right? I don't know. It's either a Teletubby or I, like a ghost from Pac-Man. I just, I don't know which. Or both. <laughs> Could be both. Pro- one of the Teletubbies maybe was a ghost from Pac-Man in a past life. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Probably the pink one. Ay, ay, ay. So yeah, I, and, and, and she's up there and she's afraid of heights and... 
she's she, uh, so do, do you still like do you still like Barty Crouch I'm knowing that he has a house elf and that his house elf is terrified of heights and he sent her up to save his seat yeah I, when you said you like him do you mean you like him or do you mean you're intrigued by the character and I'm you intri- think he's well crafted I'm intrigued by the character and and he's the type I mean the fact that he's just willing to learn other languages either means that he is very business-minded and he sees the opportunities that that allows or he's genuinely curious about other cultures uh not sure which yet they could really push him either direction i could see them pushing him closer to a villain like i could see them pushing him closer to like a villain but i could also see them just keeping him as the current kind of enigma that he is we'll see he could be used for a lot of different things and especially with this house elf thing of entering the idea of like well he's not He's not so compassionate. He's not, I mean... He's pretty utilitarian, which isn't that yeah. surprising. Just, like, ba- based on how he carries himself. And he, mm-hmm. he's very, like, I don't know, people who are that tidy, I feel mm-hmm. like everything that they do has a meaning. Yeah, but that can also set up for a really good lawful evil character, yep. which are great. Um, and they have... You would like a lawful evil. <laughs> well, I think, I mean... Look at Warmonger and look at, I mean... Killmonger? Killmonger, yes, thank you. Killmonger. And I mean, some of the best villains are the ones where it's like, you know, it follows, it tracks. Like, what you're going for actually does make a lot of sense. And what, like, Malcolm X was going for, where it's like, you know, that makes a certain amount of sense. However, if you follow it to its logical end, it can cause some problems and perhaps some people will get roped into it that don't deserve that. And I find those characters to be really compelling, and I could kind of see them going that way. Um, the fact that these two have a chapter named after them and are like the two main contrasting characters in these chapters, they're doing something with them. Um, what? I don't know. It, it's They're not Voldemort. They might be insiders to Voldemort, but. Suddenly Voldemort. Suddenly Voldemort. I don't know. But the whole thing with Bertha Jorkins. If, if they were friends with Voldemort and they knew about this plan, then I don't really see the conversation going the way it went. But whatever. All that to say, compelling characters. I don't, I, I don't know if I like him any more or less. I think it just informs his character. And I think it tells you, you know, this is um, – he is u- utilitarian over everything. So. He, and he's a law abider. And having a house elf, is, it's, it's lawful. It's fine. It's fine. And it's so he'll, fine. he'll, yeah, I think lawful good is, is a good way to describe it or lawful, whatever lawful. Yeah. He might be lawful neutral right now. Um, and yeah, so he's, he's going to follow all the rules of the world, no matter mm-hmm. if they're for the overall net good or net bad of the world. Yep. Having house elf, I'm allowed to, so I'm going to. Yep. It's weird. It's going to be good for me. So I'm going to. Yeah. So we get from Winky an update on Dobby. Mm-hmm. He is apparently having a hard time getting a job because he has the gall to want a paycheck, mm-hmm. which doesn't work in this world, apparently. Well, if- ain't nobody want to pay for their slavery. Yeah. Ugh. Doesn't surprise me. And I, I do love how, I mean, it, it's it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little expositiony. But it, it didn't feel super exposition heavy when Harry was like, well, why shouldn't he be paid? Like, 
Yeah, Harry's like, it, yeah, he does work. It, it felt genuinely like Harry's just having a conversation. Like, well, he wants to be paid. Why not? Yeah, good for him. It felt like a, a healthy debate, and but it did accomplish some decent exposition. Yeah. Too. This chapter could have been written so much worse than it was. Oh, so much. I, I was actually able to kind of get caught up in the momentum, and the asides felt like proper asides. The this, Quidditch was fun to read. It was okay. I didn't have a lot of critique of it. It was. It's. I think Quidditch is the most fun when you don't stop to think about it, <laughs> which yeah. is probably why, like the 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 pace that we go is not kind to Quidditch. Yeah, and. I, I think the only problem that I had with it is just the sheer amount of hyperbole of like the fastest he had ever seen anything and the fastest da, 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 and it's just like, okay, we get it. Like we get it. They're fast. They're on the same broomstick you have. So I don't know how they're that much faster, but whatever. It's um, not, it's the broom does not make a good seeker. Harry beat Malfoy on a, what, what was his first? Nimbus 2000. Yeah, totally. It came to mind and yeah. I didn't, I second guessed it. It's from Dragon Ball Z. That's all. Yeah, Harry beat Malfoy with Nimbus 2000 when Malfoy had a 2001. Yeah, that's true. Because he was better. That's true. That's true. It takes skill on top of that. Hmm. So let's see. And lastly, Fred and George won their bet, which was a really obscure bet, which is like borderline suspicious. Like, (laughs) I mean, knowing them, they probably did rig it somehow. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, and they bet everything. We didn't talk about that last chapter. But 36 galleons is a lot. It's so much. That's, I mean, Harry puts down 30 galleons for the omnoculars. And he tells Ron, you're not getting Christmas gifts for 10 years. And yeah, there's... I don't think he did quick math and was like, you know what? Like, that's about 10 years worth of Christmas gifts. Like, you're not like... Yeah, it was probably a little bit of hyperbole there, but probably a couple of years worth. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely stuff that he could get just for silver that would be a perfectly fine gift. I mean, a galleon is a nice gift. Um, yeah, it's, it's five galleons for like your to your girlfriend or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah, so. The fact that they put together thirty-two galleons or whatever—that's pretty significant. And I mean, if he got—if they got good odds, I mean, I don't know what for that specific of a bet. I could almost see it being one to twenty, one to fifty. You know, because it's like, yeah, sure. Not only is this going to happen, but this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. Yeah, sure. We'll give you one to fifty. We could see a windfall, a big windfall. They could actually like maybe start manufacturing some of their fake wands and stuff. Like we could see this, this could be like their slush, not slush fund. Um, it's like their down payment on yeah. their yeah. first storefront or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it, th- I'm kind of curious. Or their delivery owls. If they, you know, go online <laughs> though, the chapter... why have a storefront. Why be brick and mortar when you could go. Yeah. You could get a new owl, owl and line. Finally put arrow out of his misery and just let him retire and fly around the field and catch gnomes <laughs> like he wants to so badly. It it did annoy me that the chapter ended with them literally holding out their hands like, sir, yes, sir, may I have my money, please? Yes, sir. Just like a bit just more money. Grin big and say, cough it up, buddy. Cough it up. Buddy, it's just one of those things of like, oh yeah, things that never happen in the real world, but always happen in books and movies. 
for some reason, people holding out their hands for coins to be poured into them. Um, yeah, is there a way to even communicate that that's realistic and not cheesy? I take checks. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it's those little things where it's like, I, I let it slide, but I notice it. You know, it's like, it doesn't ruin anything for me. It's fine. I get it. It does what it's supposed to do, but I notice it. Yeah. Anyway. It's a cool thing about their awesome box seats is that the players actually like run up to receive the Quidditch World Cup in their box, which is kind of cool. Right there. Like, as I mean, what a, what a dream come true. Like if you're a Quidditch fan... That's amazing. Yeah, you get to see what they really look like. And you get to see, like, the teammates leaning on each other because they're, like, so Dead. out of it. Yeah. And you're like, this wasn't even a long match. Can you imagine if it went on for weeks? Okay, so that was a little something that I wanted to talk about briefly. It's not addressed at all in the text. Mm-hmm. And it's that... So we, we debated, like, what's it going to look like in these boxes? And something that... So Fred and George bet their entire savings mm-hmm. before the match. Which the- Harry drops Harry and Ron drop most of their money, I think, before the match. A definitely a good chunk of it. There's no dis- there's no discussion of like food. Like no one's bringing like no one packed sandwiches for the Weasleys. There's no like concessions talk or anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting for like anyone to think about any of the basic human needs <laughs> food water bathroom <laughs> anything at all yeah nothing and it just i can't believe everyone spent all their money before the match when it could have been a week long they've never done this before they're really bad at this <laughs> but like mr weasley didn't say anything to them he didn't try to like mitigate there's no like you know crappy tuna sandwiches from mrs weasley or roast beef that's what it was i kept waiting for them to comment on the binoculars i kept waiting for mr weasley to be like what like where did you even what do you mean you have three of yeah it was kind of weird there is a lot of stones left unturned for sure i felt that I, i was a little disappointed by that i wanted some sort of description of like this is how people do get through an incredibly long match. Yeah. You're not going to see an incredibly long match because that would just be untenable on the page. Mm-hmm. But like, give me a hint of how this is even remotely possible. Like, give me one super fan in that box who like camped out for days and like they have a full backpack packed full of stuff and they've like got their like quasi bed ready to like roll out so they can like lay down and recline and watch the show Mm -hmm. and like the full cooler and like the beer (laughs) hat Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. give me all that and like their beer beer hat is full of like some weird wizard juice that's like satisfies like it's super high protein Mm. so like you just take a sip and like it'll sustain you for a day or something yeah like like crazy five hour energy style. Like it didn't feel like that though. It was weird. Yeah, it it just felt like you're going to a two hour soccer match. Like, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was could weird. have been two weeks, and I I just I would have appreciated a nod to that. I think. And and the fact that the game was short, 
real quick, and then we'll move on to favorite quotes. How do you feel about the way the match ended? Did that feel realistic where he ended it because he was, what, worried about getting shut out and losing by 180 points? So he just lost by 10 points instead, and that was a win? Like, his team didn't seem happy about it. So I can't help but wonder, like, if his team, I can't, Crum. Yeah. Like, Crum's team didn't seem very happy about it. Why did he do it? Like, why? It was curious. His team really couldn't have, he really didn't believe his team could score two more goals. Like, so he could catch the snitch and win. Like, really? Oh, okay. So he catches the snitch. Mm-hmm. And they were short Be- 10 points. Because the Irish seeker was on the snitch's tail. Hmm. So he was neck and neck with the Irish seeker. And so in that moment, it was either like try to knock the Irish seeker off and lose the snitch. Which makes the most sense to me. But yeah. Makes the most sense. But his nose is bloody and I don't we don't know how much energy he has for that. And we don't like And he could just have adrenaline really rushing. Could be that too. Yeah. He could be so like like uh what's the the dog whistle? Tunnel um, vision. Uh I'm I'm thinking of the like uh Pavlov. Yes, like yeah. a little Pavlovian response <laughs> to like I see the snitch, I catch it. The That's end. true. Yeah. Um it could be that. But it could also be that like he was neck and neck with this Irish seeker and if mm. he 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 knew like if I don't derail him, he's gonna catch it and then we're gonna lose by hundred and eighty. Like yeah. no. Yeah. That's untenable. Yeah. And like I don't know how sports. I don't know how whoever wins the World Cup affects the next season. Like, mm-hmm. does it keep or like the postseason? Is their seating different? Like all of that. Like, who knows what, how many other factors are in there? Yeah, how does that it affect the draft? Yeah, yeah. And you know, may, maybe he doesn't want to always play for Bulgaria, or he doesn't want to play for that team from Bulgaria. And yeah, so there's so many other like. And he's so clearly the star of that team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like they're not going to tell him, you're wrong, you made a bad call, you suck. But they were certainly disappointed. They're definitely cutting a deal to trade him right now. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, maybe he was right, though. And maybe they saw that and they're like, yeah, this is why you're the leader of our team because you make those hard calls. And it's not the best, you know, it's not really what we wanted, but, you know... You made the decision, and we're going to live with it. And at the end of the day, someone's got to lose. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's... It's sad that it had to happen so fast, but... Especially when the refs didn't even call the foul, which would have also ended the chase after the snitch and, like, reset it where things could have... Yeah. This 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 whole thing is unfortunate. I, I do wonder a little bit if he made the call because of how badly his nose was hit like yeah can he actually in an hour when he sees the snitch again catch it yeah or did after he know that enduring he was fading that fast yeah yeah and it's like okay well this game could go on forever yeah my teammates could all get seriously bloodied up while that other seeker has to wait to find the snitch again and who mm. knows how long that'll take because he's not that great yeah <laughs> not their not their star their so, front line is their stars. That's that's a that's a tough call, and he picked his battles, and he didn't pick that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I respect him for it. It was hard, but he did it. You know what can you do? 
Anyway, that's plenty of Quidditch talk for me. <laughs> we did it. We talked to like strictly Quidditch yeah. for a good five minutes there. Oof. I'm proud of us. And you know what? Sportsing. I don't mean to. I'm not trying to say that sports are inherently bad or that all sports are bad or that they're a waste of time and energy and it's kind of cruel to put your kid through one. I'm not saying that. Except for except football. that you just said it. <laughs> except for football. Now knowing American what we know football. American football. Knowing what we know now about concussions and head injuries and brain damage, I I honestly am coming down judgmental of like, no, nah, don't put your kids in football. That's a mean thing to do to your kids. Stop that. I anyway, that's my opinion on sports. The other ones are fine. Whatever. It's great. You can Baseball, spend, it's great. Yeah, spend your time how you want to spend your time. That's fine. Like, it's great. Go do things. Be a team. Get better. Go be active. Yeah, that's great. Do it. Learn how to work together. Not American football. Stop that. We're past that. We, as a society, should realize to stop that. Anyway, um, my favorite quote is on Chapter 100. <laughs> at me. Clark Hodges on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> Come at me. Bro. <laughs> yeah. If you really feel like losing an argument, talk to me about American football. Uh, so my favorite quote is on page 100. And Lay it I, on me, Clark. And I think I had originally I was going to talk about the Bulgarian who actually knew how to speak English, which Bulgaria. is hilarious. Yes. He's like, it was just so funny to watch you. <laughs> you were trying so hard. But I went with just the, the funny character thing of uh, Percy jumped to his feet so often that he looked as though he were trying to sit on a hedgehog. That's it. I like hedgehogs. It's I missed funny. that one. I, I read by it too fast. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It was a fun little, I'm like, oh. Poor Percy. Funny. He's trying so hard to He's... make good connections. And then he doesn't even have his name remembered. Oh. <laughs> and he's next to Harry Potter. Like, oh, man. whatever uh, good graces you think that's going to get you, Cornelius Fudge is too much of a chum to yep. care two licks about who Harry Potter hangs out with. He cares about Harry Potter. Yep. So that's fun. What was your favorite quote? I am so glad that my favorite quote was not your favorite quote. Yay. There was a high risk of it. Mm. I know it. Okay. So it's at, on page 105. And it is right as the teams are being announced as they're coming on. And we get get a good long look at Victor Crumb. He looked, well, I'm going to do the whole thing because that's sure, not going to make yeah. much sense. Okay. I, I, my sticker was in the wrong place. Victor Crumb was thin, dark, and sallow-skinned with a large curved nose and thick black eyebrows. He looked like an overgrown bird of prey. <laughs> yeah. I just. That's good. A very specific image. I just, man, she's so good. She's so good at just taking those actual animals and turning them into people. <laughs> I just pictured Sam the Eagle. Yes. Like 100% exactly. Sam the Eagle. Yeah. That's but great. dark. Yeah, darker, yeah. Not, I mean, he's blue. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. Sam, <laughs> Sam the Eagle is blue. So Sam the Eagle, but not blue. Yeah. <laughs> like a gray. Sam, and like a person. Uh, cool. I like it. Uh, can other races play Quidditch? We've only seen humans, right? Hmm. Is are are other creatures races? <laughs> I mean, in Lord of the Rings and stuff, yeah. The race of men, the race of elves, the race of orcs. Yeah, I I hate that phrase. Well, <laughs> I feel like it's not true. Um, I I don't think other creatures play because I mean, look, you you've got Vila and leprechauns as the mascots. 
Oh, that's so demeaning. It's well, I mean, uh, something that uh, that came up when Winky was talking about Dobby about how you know if Dobby pushes this too far, uh-huh. he's gonna wind up in front of the Department of Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures. Oh, we know which, that. Which like we've already heard about them, and they're not great to non-wizards so i think the answer is no yeah i mean like, look what happened to tinkle and poe right <laughs> no good it was no good those poor things it, uh, non-wizards are creatures in need of regulating and controlling mm. long ways to go wizards yeah long ways to go well hey if you guys have quidditch talk Oh boy, am I about to say this? <laughs> Tweet us at WordstruckPod. Send it all to Clark. He so desperately wants to talk more Quidditch. Oh, please, all the Quidditch. What's your favorite color of Bludger? Um, would, did they describe the Quaffle as scarlet? Yeah. I didn't know it was scarlet. That's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Bright cool. red. Bright red. <laughs> well. <laughs> What else do we want to hear from Quidditch? Uh, what would your mascot be? Well, okay, what would your Quidditch team be? Mm-hmm. What would your mascot be? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you, listeners. And and Alyssa, I want an answer from you, but next episode. Uh, but I already have an answer. Oh, shoot. Okay, right now. What's a ducky? <laughs> a ducky? Uh, it's a dinosaur. Uh, it's a, a parasaur. Parasaur. <laughs> Parasaurolophus. <laughs> yeah, let's bring dinosaurs to the field. Why not? <laughs> What else can we use? <laughs> they, would, they would be totally accepted. They're like, on the ground. It doesn't matter. It's like, get, get me a T-Rex. That's like, great. <laughs> well, our, on that Our note. colors would be purple and brown. <laughs> Charming. <laughs> <laughs> but they're T-Rexes, so bite your tongue. <laughs> well, on that note, thanks so much for tuning in two words struck we will catch you in a couple weeks bye